Okay, uh, so my book club guest uh, this week is Barbara Boswell, who last, no, this month, in fact, uh, won the uh, University of Johannesburg Literary Award uh, for a debut novel for her book, Grace. I've read it a couple of times now, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. uh, And I'm absolutely delighted that Barbara joins us in studio this evening to talk about that book. Plus, of course, uh, as I ask you every Sunday evening, what are you currently reading? I'd love to know, 021-446-0567. Uh, or you can drop me an SMS to 31567. Maybe you've read Barbara's book and would like to uh, like to get in touch with her and join the conversation. You can do so. Uh, you can also send us a WhatsApp to 072-567-1567. Barbara, welcome. Hello. Hi, Sarah Jane. Thank you so much for having me. Thank I'm you for so coming in. to be here. I wish we were doing a Facebook Live because your beauty today... You look gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love the top. I love the hair. Thank you, Sarah Jane. <laughs> you <laughs> look wonderful too. <laughs> well, now, now we've got that over and done with. So the book, first of all, congratulations. Thank UJ you. UJ debut literary award. Yes. Prize thank winner. You. Yes. Delighted. I am. I am delighted. Um, it's a huge honor. Um, it's, uh, it's very humbling. Um, I've, uh, you know, I consider the prize one of the best ones in yeah. South Africa, and there are a few very good ones. Um, but I didn't expect this at all, and it's very affirming, and um, it just makes me really feel so proud of this little baby that I let out into the world mm. who's doing its own thing at the moment. Yeah. And it was such a surprise and completely a wonderful development for the book. The book is called Grace. I've I've read it twice now. I read it I read it a while ago. Can I say like this year? But I read it, and then and then obviously I've just read it again. It's it's powerful stuff, eh? Mm. And something that I always that I and it, it always seems like such an obvious question when people write fiction is. Is it autobiographical? And it's such an obvious question and it seems such an amateur question to ask, but I know you slightly and, mm-hmm. and I've now read the book a couple of times. So I have to ask, are there, which elements are? Because there must be, because you write from such truth. All right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that's a question that I get a lot. Um, it is slightly autobiographical, I think. Um, there, there, there are three sections to the book, and mm. the first section is The Childhood of Grace. And um, I have written elsewhere about my own experience of growing up in a home with domestic violence. And so that was my experience growing up as a child and also grew up in the 80s um, during the state of emergency. So similar to Grace, the main character in the book, um, those were very foundational shaping um, moments for me and incidents. So, um, uh, you know, I actually have... In response to questions like this, narrowed it down. There's actually only one incident in the novel which oh. actually happened in my life, but the rest of it is all fiction. So um, it's it's a you know it's it's taking the seed of experience, the um, what happened in my life, and then elaborating on it mm. in the form of fiction. Because I think fiction allows you so much more creativity. I did think about writing this as a memoir. Um, at at various points because mm. I had a lot of mentors and teachers and the, the obvious question was why don't you just write about your own life yeah. and I didn't feel like my life was interesting enough and so I 
decided that to fictionalize it really would give me um, a lot more options. It mm-hmm. would really allow me to develop and exercise this creative muscle that I was itching to try out. And so, um, uh, you know, fiction just seemed like the obvious genre for me to choose because I wanted to take this character into different places and explore what would happen to her when different forces came to bear on her. Um, so, so yeah, it, 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 it really was a genre that chose me instead mm. of me choosing it in a way. So we follow Grace, but we'll meet Grace at the beginning of the book and we follow her from, um, 1985 where she's living, um, with her mom and her dad, um, in this, very toxic space. Um, her father is violent. Um, her mother is, her mother Mary is an interesting, very, I mean, they're all very interesting characters. Uh, but the, the, the dynamics between mother and daughter, um, are very, very interesting. And then we follow her through, um, and it's, the book takes us into 1997. 1997. Yeah, I think so. Um, where, where Grace is now older and, and she's, she's married and she's living with her, with her husband and, and a baby and, and essentially the past coming back, the unresolved past coming back. But I want to focus on for, for a minute this relationship between Mary and, between Grace and Mary, mother and daughter. At times, I wanted to just close the book just for a moment and, cause it was a very sharp, relationship it was difficult mhm yeah i mean i i um you know i i wrote the novel several times over as you know with writing a book length work you've got to rewrite rewrite mm. rewrite and after the first draft was um finished i read it and mary wasn't a very well developed character she was just a foil a, a figure yeah in the background. And then one of the rewrites that I did was to really sketch out and flesh out the character of Mary. Um, she's not a very likable character. Mm. Um, she's got weird racist and classist ideas uh. which come out um, in her everyday articulations. Um, and I, I, I wanted to write this character as a complicated... They're, I think they're all complicated characters because... Um, I wanted to create a character that was not a saint um, and and wanted to show, um, you know, in this this dynamic of intimate partner violence, which is really what I wanted to highlight, how mm. intimate partner violence works and how it's cyclical in nature and mm. how it get, gets passed down from one generation to the next often, not always. Um, I, I wanted to create a character that was that was really flawed, and 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 just in the back of my head was this idea that you know you you don't have to be a saintly, goodly, respectable woman in order to deserve the protection um, and freedom from bodily harm in mm. your own home. Every mm. human being deserves that mm. um, by right of being a human being, and so so um, so this this this. Um, this, 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 to this relationship that they have, the, the mother and daughter, it's also very dysfunctional. Mm. It's a very dysfunctional relationship. And it has to be because the whole setup, the whole household is, is a dysfunctional household. It's warped by the violence, which happens, um, frequently. And, um, you know, as, 
abusers tend to do um, in personal spaces, in intimate spaces, um, as the abuse escalates, um, people become more and more attuned to avoiding that abuse and everything starts to revolve around that. And I wanted to portray that dynamic, how the mother and daughter would bond in the moments when the father, who was the abuser, wasn't home and 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 the kind of relationship that they create in his absence and but then also in his presence. Um so so I wanted to just show some of these really um interesting to me dynamics and how they play out in this setting. Um so hopefully I've I've succeeded in that. But but the characters are not um likable and But that for me was what what I thought was so extraordinary, and I think when you're writing about something like this, when you're talking about about writing about violence in that way, um, when when we speak about it, and I think if one hasn't experienced it, there is always a goodie and a baddie, the bad one who is the violent one, and the goodie who is this, like you said, this sort of saint-like person. But you write such human, realistic characters that that all of the characters. I felt compassion for all of the characters I felt empathy for and all of them I wanted to clap at one point or another. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um thank you. You know, I did want to make them fully human and um one often sees this discourse m- men who are violent who who rape or who kill women or who um harm women physically or emotionally are described as monsters. Yeah. And it's uh, it's almost letting them off the hook to mm. say oh they're not because they're you not, dehumanize yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. They're monsters. There's something must have terrible must have happened um to make them like that. And the reality is that um violence is so everyday in our society in yeah. uh, um and this form of violence because we've had such a violent past um and we we grew up I mean um that generation and also later generations just saturated in it and it and it seeps into these personal spaces in that way and um so so this i did i really wanted to write patrick the abuser as a sympathetic character mm-hmm. and and um you know not to to excuse him but just to get into the mind of someone like that and and how they um think about themselves knowing that they're doing this and and um perhaps wanting to stop and trying to stop but there are things that compel them to um reach for violence mm. as a as a the first um solution to any problem and yeah. so um you know i i really just want to do show how these dynamics work um and and then of course there's violence occurring outside of the home yeah. too and um for these women in the novel there there isn't any safe space there's no resting place because uh, the outside world is violent the public space and then going home becomes also violent mm-hmm. so at any point um there are men who could lash out at them and hurt them yeah. or, and and I want to do just show what what happens in those kinds of really fraught spaces. For me, what was interesting as somebody who grew up not in a in a in a home where where anybody was. Well, no, no that's not true. But it, it wasn't a case of my father being violent towards my mother, but living with my brother who was a violent alcoholic. And you write there are scenes where you're writing for, from Grace's point of view, how she essentially kind of she she's there, but she just has learnt to 
escape from the situation and almost make herself invisible in that situation and that really rung true I think anyone who's lived in that sense where that there's it's so fraught in the home you learn to become invisible um, and chaos can be happening around you but you almost kind of sink into the wall and cease to exist in a way and in you in ceasing to exist a part of the brain I think kind of closes off to that dissociation, I think. Right, that's exactly the term. Um, and this is something that Grace does in the novel. Um, so it, it's a coping mechanism, mm. it's a defense mechanism. And um, when there's a violent person, I mean, the, the dynamics of inter- intimate partner violence is that anything can trigger them. You yeah. know, there's never a good reason. It can be anything. Yeah. And so um, part of the coping strategies of people who are in those relationships are to become, try and become invisible and um, melt into the background, not yeah. be seen, not be heard, not do anything that could possibly provoke or trigger a violent incident. And so there's this sense of walking on eggshells all the time around someone like that. Um, and, you know, the reality is that no matter how hard you try to walk on eggshells and avoid that, there will be something that, 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 that triggers them, them, that sparks the violence. Yeah. Um, and so these are defense mechanisms that they both learn in the home. But Mary, the character, is often very obstinate and, you know, she can be quite obedient and compliant for long periods, but then there are moments when she just has had enough mm. and lashes out herself verbally. Mm. And mm. that usually um, then causes a, an incident. And and so we see then also in the novel how Grace reacts when, when her mother, Mary, um, does such a thing mm. to provoke and saying, oh, my goodness, she caused this. And it becomes this internalized thing about... Um, the, the the victim gets blamed for actually yeah. causing the violence. So, the, you know, there's a whole lot of relation, r- interesting things going on between the three of them. Um, so uh, hopefully that that's depicted. But, uh, you know, it does make for very grim reading. And um, <laughs> some of the feedback that I've gotten is just it's, it's such a heavy read and it is and 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 there's you know I, I I thought about it a lot while writing it and there was really just no other way to write it this is how the story came to me and how I decided I to proceed to with apologize it apologize for that at all I think it's I, I think it was a, it, it is an incredible book Barbara Boswell is my guest on book club uh, this evening uh, and we are talking about her award-winning book Grace a novel published by Mojaji Books one of the things that that struck me was that idea of uh, Mary and also then Grace later in life having this idea of if I behave in a certain way then X won't happen to me. And I remember my, my, my experience of, of being in a relationship with somebody who was violent. I remember waking up in the morning and I would say to myself, whatever I do today, I won't provoke him to do X. I mean, I was 19 years old and I genuinely believed at the time it was in my, within my power. Mm-hmm. And that walking on eggshells. But I remember waking up and saying to myself, today, whatever I do today, I won't do the thing that provokes. And then when you don't do anything and you still, that, that violence still happens. I mean, it's just, you write it so, so beautifully there that, that, that this idea of convincing yourself that actually it, it maybe wasn't so bad or actually he did it because I did X 
I mean, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah, thank you. It it just um it then carries over into when Grace is an adult, um, into her relationship and when it happens to her then, um, despite having grown up in this situation and um wanting to avoid it, she finds herself then in a similar situation. Would and you think that I'm horribly naive if I said to you that I didn't see that coming? Oh um really? Uh no. I mean in a way I when I was writing it I didn't see it coming I either. Think it's because I'm I'm ever the romantic. <laughs> I'm ever the romantic and I want the knight in shining armor to be the knight in shining armor and to come and and so and then so when I when when it first happens and then I kind of thought, well of course that's that this is reality. This is a real book. Mm-hmm. And 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 I mean, it also surprised me because um, a lot of the novel, I, I didn't know where it was going. I would just really. I, I was living in Maryland while I wrote it in Were the you? USA. Were you yeah. in the states when you wrote this? Yes, most of it. Um, I, and I finished it in Johannesburg. Um, but I, I I remember going for these long drives on the I think it's called the I ninety five because I would just be stuck and I wouldn't know what. To do, and I would drive from close to DC to Baltimore. I used to work in Baltimore, and just sit in the car. It was like a forty-five minute drive on the highway, and I would, you know, that time I was alone, and I would just think, what, what is going to happen now? Um, wow. <laughs> um, and and you know, various ideas would come to me. So it was very important. To be alone, uh, you know, for me writing, I need a lot of alone time and time <laughs> to think. And um, so so I didn't plot out the novel in that way. It just surprised me yeah. also when that happened. But, of course, then when it happened, I was like, yeah, of course this would happen to yeah. someone like Grace. Um, yeah. So um, it's really not that of a, much of a leap um, to once it happened in the novel to... To see it happening, yeah, I was, no, but I was just surprised. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you say that it, that it wasn't just me. Uh, in terms of the other character, one of the other characters who really doesn't feature a great deal, but who was incredibly powerful, was Auntie Joan, um, who sort of is the. What? How would how would you describe her? Um, yeah, I wish I could have. She's a feminist. Surely. She's a feminist. Hey. Um, <laughs> and I wish I could have fleshed out that character more, but I wanted to keep the narrative quite tight mm. from the point of view of Grace, really. And that seemed like a detour. I had some other detours which got cut out, or well, I agreed to have them cut out of the mm. novel eventually, um, after three months of sulking. But, um, <laughs> um, so, so, so that character, you know, I've, I've read a lot about childhood trauma and resilience and overcoming blah, 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 childhood mm-hmm. trauma. Um, and um, one of the things that I've read that I've come across quite a few times is that um, when when a child is steeped in an abusive situation, um, they need only one adult in their life. And it doesn't have to be a parent. It could be a neighbor. It could be an aunt or a grandmother mm. or a grandfather. They need one sort of anchor, solid person who is there for them and can provide respite and can provide a safe space and, and can see um, themselves, mm. um, you know, can see that this child needs something and needs an intervention and help. And I had that in my, mm. you know, in my life. And I had an aunt, um, her, and her name's Bridget. Hello, Bri- Hello, Hello Bridget. Hello, Auntie Bridget. Hello, Auntie Bridget. Um, <laughs> and she, you know, um, uh, with other people also. But I think that 
that that was a person who who kind of um saw me mm. as a as a person suffering oh. in a in a violent situation and that bore witness and, to you and made a plan to actually every now and then just remove mm. me from that situation sure. so and and i think those kinds of moments and there were other people also who did that for me but she she comes to mind um there were grandparents also mm. who who did that for me um but but uh, you know so so there needs to if there's just one consistent person who's there for them it can mitigate some of the the problems of just living with this relentless kind of abuse and so um, I wanted to create that character, but also, also she's an important figure in terms of allowing Grace to have some sort of creative expression. Because mm. I thought, you know, the other thing that 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 really can can heal someone like Grace um, is being um, exposed to art mm. and. And and um, Mary is an artist, mm. but Mary is a frustrated artist mm. because um, the conditions in which she lived, apartheid, wouldn't, and also yeah. patriarchy doesn't allow her to become the artist she could have been. And and that generation, um, people of Mary's age, like I plotted for each character mm. a timeline of when they were born and so on. Mm. But you know, um, there are so many people. There are. Intellectuals, there are artists, there are sports people who, had they been given f- uh, the full um, reign, full free reign of their talents, would have become amazing yeah. um, artists, sports people, intellectuals, writers, poets. And um, we, we've lost so much. So mm. it was a kind of a gesture towards. I think some of the damage that's culturally mm. um, we've suffered in this country, all of these frustrated artists that then, you know, become addicts or mm. beat their children because yeah. the, the outlet just wasn't there for them to do what they wanted. And Mary, for me, is that kind of figure. And Joan um, creates that link mm. um, between the mother and daughter after um she comes to live with the aunt Joan. Why was it important for you? Uh, and going back to the to the to the setting it and setting it against the backdrop, um, or starting it at the backdrop um, of apartheid. Why was it important to have that? Because I mean, you you could have set the the story of Mary um, Mary Patrick and Grace and Johnny. You could have set actually at any time. Well, yeah, that was another because I'm, you know, I'm also reading a lot about nationalism and the nation and the developing nation in okay. my other work, and so I felt that the the it, it was really um, uh, I wanted this opportunity to have the the story straddle apartheid and post apartheid um, South Africa because I think I think that um, for someone like me coming of age. Just at the time when the transition to democracy happened, there was an amazing sense of promise, freedom, um, and I think the, the 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 what hasn't happened is freedom for women. We mm. are we you know we we live with horrendous violence. Um, it's triggering just to turn on the news. Um, we are um, beaten, raped. Murdered mm. at uh, this uh, this country has some of the highest rates in the world of um, intimate partner femicide, um, of of rape, of you know every day we see these st- stories, and the promise of democracy was the promise that we would all be citizens and mm. equal citizens in a country where we would 
would be protected by the law um, and where the culture would have changed so that we could enjoy those freedoms. Sadly, that hasn't happened. So what I wanted to show was in that moment when when Grace um, becomes an adult, she has opportunities, she um, becomes a middle-class mm. woman, um, she has a very... Um, good marriage that matches her with someone with potential mm, mm. and she's poised to have this better life for all. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was the slogan. And, um, and, and it is thwarted. Um, and, and, and so that is part of my thinking, you know, the whole time, um, once I decided to actually make it into a novel length work that, that I wanted to show how this problem, despite, um, uh, us being in a democracy persists and it has actually seemingly worsened. I don't know if there's a way to compare um, because I don't think there were statistics um, being gathered on this during apartheid. But mm. certainly um, it seems like we are just seeing worse and worse incidents um, that, that are being um, broadcast in the media and coming to our attention. And of course, at the highest level, um, when you have yeah. a president or a presidential candidate um who you know is able to 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 do the things that he did and get away with it mm. um it's really m- no surprise what feedback have you had about the book from from and and i i would be amazed if if anybody who reads the book doesn't relate to some part of it in some way but i think particularly women Particularly women, uh, you know, for, for me, my, my situation was miles away geographically, but so I related to so much in that book. What have been some of the the, the reactions from other women um, to the book? Right. So, uh, so it, I didn't realize. I know that violence against women is prevalent, and that a lot of people experience it, and that it's, you know, our society is full of it. But I, I just wasn't prepared for the way in which women would come to me after reading the book and say, tell me their stories. And it doesn't matter where I've went with it. Um, You know, I've been to different spaces with different demographics and young women, older women, um, women of all different races. And, And I've... I've tried to move in group setting spaces where I can engage with people and every single time there are two, three, four women that either say in the group, this is my experience or this was me growing up or saying to me, I know that this must have happened to you because only someone who has experienced this could have written this. And, um, and, and, and that saddened me that there are so many graces and Mary's in the world, um, people that I've known very well um, for many years who I didn't have a clue about um, came to me. One woman in particular that I've known for a number of years and said, yeah, I was that child who was running sure. away or trying to get between my mother and father. Yeah. And and I think there are so many people who sit with this kind of trauma and it's un processed mm-hmm. trauma and unresolved trauma um and 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 so the, the 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 overwhelming response has been yes this happened to me too mm-hmm. um and and people have said thank you for portraying this in this way because it's somehow one of the best comments that i got was it res- it restores dignity um mm-hmm. and i'm not really sure how it does that but 
you know, this is what people have said to me. And um, um, a, 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 other people don't like it. Um, they don't like the characters um, and they don't like Grace and want Grace to be a better person. And yeah. I want Grace to be a better person too. Mm. But, but you know, there has to be, uh, I, I said, you know, th- there has to be a tension. A, a story isn't a story without a conflict. And there are several conflicts. And Grace does t- terrible things in the novel. And that's what, you know, that... But we do terrible <laughs> things, don't... I mean, as as people... I, I actually... I actually, I didn't dislike Grace. There, in fact, and there were moments where I, I related to her so much. I, I actually admired her in parts because I thought, geez, you are, you are the product of this, of this horrendous childhood. This horrendous thing happened to you. And for you to even be where you are now is, is extraordinary. Um, and, and for me, the, and I don't want to give too much away, but, but what I, abs- what I took, took away from the book was, the fact that you you you'd written these characters and and Patrick who again and I've said this before you, you humanized him and and Johnny who I thought was going to be this sort of this knight in shining armor but you didn't suddenly do a complete about turn and say well this is this is all gone horribly wrong and these are dreadful awful people you you allowed her to be in love with Johnny despite mm-hmm. um and you you allowed her to show a level of compassion without being a kind of fairy tale happy ending and and resolution between her and Patrick. Um, that to me was just hugely important. That it didn't. It could have gone a different way, but you didn't mm-hmm. take it there. And I, I think it's okay that people don't like her. Why do, we don't need to like all the protagonists and all the books we read, do we? No, no. I mean, I don't. And and certainly for me, I appreciate difficult characters mm. or. Um, you know, and, and, and I thought, uh, I, I, I kind of did enough work within myself that once the novel came out, I had detached from it quite had a bit. You? Yeah, and me, cause, I Because <laughs> I, I felt like, oh my goodness, everybody's going to think this is about me. Yeah. I, you know, I had all these anxieties. And in your case, it must be so much worse because it is actually a memoir. <laughs> yeah, it is about you. Yeah. You can't say. Yeah, people, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and they don't like the main and, character. And <laughs> And and it's so exposing, and you feel so vulnerable. Mm. And then I just took like a whole day, and I said, today I'm going to do. I'm a big fan of rituals, oh. and and affirmations and stuff like that. So I did ritual. I did a ritual to release Grace. This was before, uh, you know, so it was a week before the actual book launch, and I lit candles for Grace, and I wrote mm. um, cards to Grace, and I said, "Go, Grace, go." And goodbye. And, wow. um, whatever, you know, when, when people talk about Grace, the character or the novel, or they don't like it, I've, I don't feel, I don't take it too personally. Of course, it's not nice when no. someone says something nasty about the book. And no, you know, very few people have said anything to my face. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but so, but there was a sense where I was, I was just, I was, re- I really prepared myself mm. mentally. And spiritually to, to let it go and be its own thing. And, and I, and I even wrote down in my journal, you know, grace is not me and this is not yeah. a reflection of me. And uh, it's, a, it's a different thing. And so that is how I was. I found the courage then mm. to, to, to let it out in the world. And, you know, I had, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a 
lecturer. Mm. I teach in an English department mm. and my colleagues, you know, they all came to the book launch and I thought, oh my goodness, yeah. you, you know, these are people who read books, fiction for a living mm. and, uh, and, and I thought, well, what if they hate it? And I was, and I just told myself, well, probably some of them will hate it and that's okay. Jeez, so, that's so, pressure. so, um, so I, I, you know, I had to just do a lot of self-talk with myself yeah. to let it go and say it's not really a reflection of you anymore. Hmm. It's there in the world and bless you, Grace. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Please, won't you read a passage from the book? Um, sure. Um, I can't find the passage that you want me. To find yes, it. please. <laughs> I, f- I did something you which did. I never do, which is fold over a corner of the a corner of the page. Which I oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. there. Thank you. And <laughs> um, yeah. All right. This is quite late into the novel, um, and this is Grace. This is experience. Um, the second time a man hits you in the face with his bald fist, there can be no more denial. Once can be passed off as an accident, a temporary loss of mind. He wasn't thinking, was drunk, was stressed. He got away from himself. Twice? No. After the second time, you can be under no illusions. You are inducted into that silent army of women. You see them everywhere, members of an invisible sisterhood of the downtrodden, their eyes vacant and their spirits sagging. Being one of them, you recognize them by the curve of the back, the stoop of the shoulders, the downcast eyes, and sometimes, not often, the residue of a bruise. You catch the wounded eye on the train, on a taxi, and the moment of mutual recognition becomes the same instant in which you look away, ashamed. We are sisters, yes, but we daren't reach out to each other, and for heaven's sake definitely mustn't talk about it. That would be betraying our men, ourselves. Shame settles like an invisible cloak around the shoulders of the sisterhood, impossible to shake no matter what they try. And after a while, as Grace found out, it becomes part of you. You believe you were meant to wear this garment, that you deserve no better because wasn't he the sun and the stars and the moon at the beginning? Didn't he love you, pursue you, adore you? Why would such adoration just go away if you hadn't done something to make it dry up? That indefinable something you must have done wrong that made him stop loving and turn to punishing instead. It must be something in you, something innately unlovable or despicable about you to turn a man into that. And so you wear your shame, get comfortable in it, make indignity your home. It happens so gradually, yet so quickly. The love that once lifted you tramples you down, and you start to believe that this is love. This is love. He hits me because he loves me. Loves me so much. Sure. If you are just joining us, uh, you will have just heard uh, Barbara Boswell there reading from her award-winning book, Grace, which I would urge you uh, to get a copy of, please. Will you be writing more fiction? Yes, I sincerely hope so. Because <laughs> um, I know that you've been working on an academic something. Yes, and and so um, I'm trying to finish that. I'm not trying to finish that. I am finishing <laughs> that. And <laughs> if the publisher's listening, <laughs> it's, and um, so I'm also in the in the background working on a short story collection mm. and and I'm going to do that because it seems manageable because the the energy 
and the the work that I put into grace, I don't know when I'll have that amount of time again. Um, so I'm I'm doing short stories and letting them rest and finishing another book in the meantime. And the short stories then should be out um, soon. How soon? <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I don't know. Um. <laughs> is this the end for Grace? We'll never hear of Grace again? Or Johnny? I was thinking maybe we could go into Johnny. I know that, you know, you like to write women, but. Um, I, I, know, I don't know. I liked, I really liked writing Patrick. That was the best part for really? me. Yeah, because I just could let my imagination just go so wild. Mm. Um, I, I don't know that I will. People have asked, can, can we have another what happens later? Um, I, I don't know what happens to Grace. Um, mm. Maybe I'll write to find out. Um, but I also don't know if I want to know what happens to Grace. Mm. I think where she, where we end with Grace is, is okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for Grace to be in that space. It's a space of possibility. Um, <laughs> so, 